from the Old Testament in the book of Proverbs, in the ninth chapter, beginning at verse 1. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent her out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading this evening and our sermon text is from the epistle to the Ephesians in the fifth chapter, beginning at verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand that the will of the Lord is, or understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is the word of the Lord. As you are able, please rise for the reading of our gospel lesson this evening from John's gospel in the sixth chapter, beginning at verse 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give of his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks of my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food. And my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. 
This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. And when many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? And what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated and invite Matthew up here for a little talk about the message tonight as Matthew and I get to chat about light and dark. So Matthew, I see that you like cookies because you're enjoying one right now. Now I have another question for you. Ready? Do you like the dark? Like if there's no lights in the bedroom, no lights in the house, and you can't see anything at all in your room, you can't find your toys or any of that, does that make you comfortable or does that make you a little worried? What's that? Worried, it does, huh? When you can't find the light switch and you're not quite sure and do you kind of call out to mom for help? Maybe to find the light switch and have the lights turned on in the room? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's other times in life that are kind of like darkness when we feel sad or when we feel worried and we need someone to come in and kind of flip the light switch on. And that's what Jesus has done. He came into our world that was dark with sin and he flipped the light switch on and he showed everybody his love. And he showed everybody that he would die and rise again for the forgiveness of all of their darkness and the forgiveness of all of their sin. And then he sends us out to show everybody of his love too. And that's what Jesus has done for us. Forgiven our sins and brought light into the dark places. That's pretty wonderful, huh? It's like when the light switch in your bedroom gets turned on and you get to see everything again. Makes you feel better, huh? And not only that, it lets you know that someone's there to walk through it with you, huh? Because even if it stayed dark, mom would be right there to walk with you. And I know that she shows her love for you too, huh? Yeah. Okay, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for all you've done for us in Jesus, that you have sent him into a dark world to bring light, that through him our sins are forgiven, and because of your love, Heavenly Father, shown to us in Jesus, we know that you love us through all of our dark times and will bring us to a day when all things are made light. In your Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming up here, Matthew. I appreciate it. Welcome.
Would you please join your hearts together with mine as we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done to us, done for us to bring us here at this day and at this time to hear your word, that you have worked all things for our good so that by your spirit you would call us together, gather us and enlighten our hearts by your word pointing us to Jesus. We pray at this time that you would remove distractions from our hearts and minds and that you would point us ever to Christ. And in his name we pray, amen. Over the past couple of weeks or so, I came across a form of artwork that I've really come to appreciate. And this artwork is very interesting as it takes movies and basically lines up the general color of each scene right next to each other so that as you look at them all compiled together, it looks like a light spectrum from all of the different colors. And as you kind of back away from it, you can almost get a sense of the tone of the movie because of the vibrancy or softness of the colors that are shown. You know, taking those movies and blending them with art. And it's really quite wonderful because it's a couple of things in life that I really enjoy. And as Paul was writing to the Ephesians about light and dark, this seemed to be a way to kind of capture some of our ideas about that. Let me give you an example with this first picture. So this first picture that comes up, you can see that on the left-hand side of the picture, there are shades of brown and tan and uh, yellows and those sorts of things, and they're subdued and kind of look like a desert or maybe the Midwest through a drought. You know, it's these areas of life where things are very dry. But right around the middle of the picture, you see a color shift. There starts to become a little bit more vibrancy. Now, just looking at it, you may not be able to quite guess what movie it is, but as soon as I tell you, you're going to kind of say, oh, yeah, it's The Wizard of Oz. Okay? And so the beginning of that movie starts with a lot of sepia-toned things and then moves into brighter colors. Now, this one is very vibrant and stark with its colors. There's a lot of blues and purples and whites, and they shift quite a bit. And my daughter this morning uh, kind of guessed it pretty closely. She looked up and she said, oh, that looks, well, she said Moana, but she was close. It was a Disney movie and it's frozen. And as you look at the colors and remember the movie, and you very much can see the colors and vibrancy of that. Okay, science fiction folk, here's one for you. Blacks and green. From about the late 90s, early 2000s, I think, if I remember right, mid-90s to late 90s, this is The Matrix. And so The Matrix is a movie where there's a lot of blacks and greens throughout the entire movie, and you can kind of see where that's going on. But, but notice, too, there's that really bright white moment in there. So kind of interesting to think on. Okay, this next one, uh, actually next two that come up. So this one I just thought was very interesting. I'm not going to name the movie so I don't distract you, but this was a horror movie palette scheme, palette color, color palette, thank you, that I came across. And what I found interesting about it is that it is somewhat similar in tone and feel to the next picture, which is a romantic musical. And so I don't know how those two line up next to each other, but they just kind of do. This romantic musical color scheme is Grease. And so that was kind of interesting to kind of see how that one plays out. But it got me thinking, reading through the Ephesians text, as Paul is writing to the Ephesians about being darkness and being light, not so much living in darkness and living in light, but being darkness and being light, what our lives might look like if we were to look 
at a same kind of spectrum that ran across from our birth until our death. What might it look like for our days? What might this same kind of idea of the scenes of our life laid out next to each other? And as you think through the scenes of your life, you may think of high moments and low moments or exciting moments or sad moments or worried moments and all of those sad, worried, and scared times, the depressing times, the times of despair, the times of uh, confusion, the times of lamenting, all of those would definitely be darker times. And we also know it, that within our lives are quite riddled with brighter times, times of more laughter and levity, times of happiness and joy and humor. And so as I was thinking about that, I, I kind of thought that our lives might lay out more like this with this next picture that comes up. Just a black and white spectrum laid out before us. As you look through kind of the ages of God's creation, it's a similar type thing. There is a lot of beautiful, joyful moments that would lay out in the brightest of whites. I mean, think of Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall, standing in the midst of their creator with light all around, in the beautiful presence of God himself. But then sin entered the picture. You have some of the deepest, darkest, black moments around. Going all the way to the flood, where all of the population of the earth was wiped out except for Noah and his seven family members. The eight of them floating. For them, it would be somewhat of a bright moment. But all in all, it's a pretty dark time. And so as Paul's writing to the Ephesians and he talks about their prior life before Christ coming into it and the darkness that was there as they were darkness in the midst of that and the deep and dark and sinful times that are there as we look back on our lives, we think of those times as well and those are the things that we bring to Jesus at the confession early in the service, those dark moments that are there. As you think back on your life I want you to think of some of the brighter moments. I'll give you one where you were baptized. One of the brightest moments in eternity for you to experience so far is when God's word and promises were wrapped around you as God claimed you as his child. And if you were to look at a spectrum similar to the one that is up there with all the dark and light moments that are there, the brightest of white moments, a thin little strip maybe in the midst of things where God was present, claiming you as his child. What a wonderful moment. Now as Paul continues to write to the Ephesians, he encourages them. Encourages them to walk through life together. And in the darkest of dark moments, for the brothers and sisters in the church at Ephesus, he encourages the others to be light for them. There's no way, no way, based on our own abilities, that we can be the light for someone. We might be able to take care of them somewhat okay for some point in time, but all in all, it's pretty tough. Thanks be to God that it's not our light that people are enlivened by, but it's Christ's light 
His love, His care, His forgiveness that we get to speak of in the midst of people's lives. And what was kind of amazing to think of is that some of the darkest moments in our lives end up getting turned a lot brighter from the word that's spoken by a friend as they sit with us in the midst of that darkness or as they walk along with us through the midst of the mournful times and the sad times to see the brightness of Christ's love and forgiveness for us through their presence and through their word. And then the moments where God calls us to be the light for someone else. To have the courage to walk into their dark moments. Because as Paul continues to encourage the Ephesians, he doesn't tell them to just go shine a spotlight on everybody else and don't listen to them and don't walk with them and don't talk with them, but to walk through things with them. To walk through the hard moments with them. To encourage one another with songs and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Yet with those who are suffering, to order themselves in reverence to Christ. Think about what that means for a second. The light of God. The one who came into this dark world and brought light and brought peace and brought forgiveness. The one who is light in himself. The one who is the source of all light for us, walking into the midst of our darkness, to take upon himself our darkness, that our sins would be laid upon his shoulders, that he would then take those to a dark tomb and leave them there and walk out in glorious light. Walk out alive and walk out redeeming us, giving us of his righteousness, giving us the forgiveness of sins that makes things right between us and God the Father. And then he gives us a beautiful promise, a bright white stripe in that spectrum of light to look forward to when Christ will come back. I know this one ends with a dark stripe at the end, but for a Christian life will end very differently. As it continues on and really doesn't have an end, as eternity would continue on with Christ coming back and being the brightest of bright moments where creator and creation are brought back together once again. As the light of God walks upon this earth, Jesus himself physically present to walk along with you where there will be no more darkness at all, no more sadness at all, no more blindness and hurt and sorrow in any way but that we will be with him. He will make all things new, bodies restored and forgiven into eternity because the light of Christ will be here. Not just in small little sparks of moments where we might see somebody walking along with us, but he himself walking in the presence of his creation. Live life together with you in a very real and personal way bringing light into every corner of creation where we long for it. And that's the day that we look forward to, walking along with Christ next to us. In his name, amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done for us, that you have brought light into our dark world, and we look forward to the day where all things are redeemed and made new, where we will see you in real time, where we will see you present amongst your creation, 
a smile upon your face as you walk with your siblings in faith, bringing us into the presence of the Father, giving us everything needful, restored and forgiven because of your love for us. And we pray that you continue to guide us in that love as you, dear Jesus, have shown the will and love of the Father for his creation, that he would have it forgiven and restored, renewed and redeemed, to be with it into eternity. And we pray that you continually guide us in that love and grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please rise as you're 